This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your smartphone, tablet, or desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Also, help us keep Star Trek discussion coming to you each day by becoming a Trek FM patron through Patreon. Get access to exclusive content and become part of the team. You'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Warp 5, our dedicated Enterprise show. I'm Christopher Jones, and joining me today here on the NX-01 is Mike Schindler from our TOS show, Standard Orbit. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, is this the first time you've ever been on Warp 5? Yeah, it is. So that that makes Warp oh, well. 5, Standard Orbit, and Earl Grey. Have, haven't made it past uh, the D yet, but, you know. All right, all right. Well, you got to get them all, then you can get your t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Mike, you're here with me today because we decided that with all of the rumors swirling in the media right now and amongst fans about William Shatner possibly appearing in the next Star Trek movie, it might be interesting to talk about the last time we had big rumors about him appearing in some other Star Trek, which was when Enterprise was on the air. And they were talking about possibly bringing him on the show as they brought Brent Spiner on. Except I think in the case of Shatner, he probably would have most likely played Captain James T. Kirk. Or a variation thereof. Or a variation thereof, or yeah. Or apparently not at all. But <laughs> One other possibility, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll talk about. So we, we've talked about this a little bit here on the show in the past. We did an episode about undeveloped stories and we talked about the Mirror Universe idea for Kirk a little bit in that show, but it wasn't the focus. So today we're going to really focus on Shatner on Enterprise. Before we really get into the possible ways in which he could have appeared on the show, I want to talk a little bit about crossovers, where we bring characters from one Star Trek series over to another, and how we feel about those. For you personally, is this something that you like is it something that you dislike, or are you mixed on it, depending on if it makes sense in a story? Well, generally speaking, I, I like it a lot. You know, I, I am a big fan of comic books, and I'm a big fan of uh, shared continuities. You know, that's something that I've always sort of tried to do. It's a big thing with me. We did a whole episode of Standard Orbit where we connected Star Trek to everything, including Team Knight Rider. So, you know, <laughs> right. I, I, I really, really do love that stuff. And, you know, if you're going to have a shared continuity and if you're going to have multiple series and everything like this, it 
only helps to to lend to the authenticity of that series if you have characters from the various shows interacting with one another, you know? Mm-hmm. And But what about when it starts mixing time periods, though? Well, that's that's where you get into some tricky stuff and, and where, you know, logically speaking, it might not be the, the best uh, thing to do. I mean, obviously, with Star Trek and time travel, there's a lot more possibilities than there are with, with most series. Um, and certainly it can be done really well, like with, you know, trials and tribulations and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But there are also times where it can be really bad. Right. Most of the time when it happens, it's been within the same time frame. I mean, even when McCoy had his little cameo in Encounter at Farpoint, he he was still McCoy that we knew he was very old at that point. Spock on TNG, I thought, worked really well in Unification because, of course, Spock would still be alive at that time. And it made sense that he would be carrying out the discussion with Romulans about reunification. I did not find that to be odd, especially where we left him in the undiscovered country in terms of how his thinking had evolved at that point. And then you get to some that are a little bit trickier, like Sulu on Voyager, and where suddenly there's the idea that Tuvok was actually there on the Excelsior in the undiscovered country. How do you feel about something like that? I mean, it's fine in theory, you know? I mean, sure, why not? I think that episode is not that tremendously great, but I mean, if you want to say that Tuvok was on um, the Excelsior, then okay. Mm. I mean, it works backwards, like I just said about Spock, right? It does work backwards that yeah. Tuvok as a Vulcan could be there at that point in time. What about something like Kor Koloth and Kang on Deep Space Nine and Blood Oath? See, I think that's pretty cool, you know, because you don't even have to know that that they were on the original series in order to to get that. And you know, Klingons like uh, Vulcans have uh, longer lifespans, and uh, the idea that these you know old warriors from from you know another era are teaming up for another adventure, and and that that Dax you know knew them from a previous host. That's pretty cool, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think as we talk about it here, most cases it works pretty well. Uh, I think Troy and Barkley on Voyager work well. Oh yeah. I think Loaxana Troy on DS Nine worked really well. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Q worked very well on Deep Space Nine though. No, you know, but they had to try that and just see how how it how it came out, and yeah, it was fine, I guess. Now. As this is an Enterprise show, and it's your first time on here, I have to ask you, how about Riker and Troy on Enterprise? I do not have (laughs) the problem with that that everyone else has. I really don't. Maybe it's because I'm not super precious about Enterprise, and I don't feel like... I mean, you know, you, you hear what they were trying to do. They were like, look, we've been working on this franchise for like 15 years now, 19 years, whatever it was. We want to put a bow on that whole thing you know and i mean i kind of wanted that too and whatever you know yeah it's weird I don't have a problem that they, they did that. it like it in in the middle of like a very very random episode pegasus but you know whatever 
I don't have a problem with them doing that, putting a bow on it all. I just wish they had done it as an extra TV special after the end of the series and they had given Enterprise a proper finale instead well, of hijacking its finale. No, that's, that is exactly what they did. They did a, a, a nice special one-hour Enterprise special episode which was done one week after the finale. <laughs> Except the finale was introducing a very interesting story that didn't get to yeah, go anywhere after they, Demons and Terra Prime. But they knew that was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There, there's like this thing which has happened. Tell me if I'm way off base on this, but it seems like people are remembering the history of Enterprise way differently from from what I remember it. There's like, I, I and it's and it's not just the fans, but the creators too. And this this idea of like. Well, in season five, we were going to do this. And it's like... Well, that's Manny Koto's magic bag of hindsight, which is very famous here on the network. Okay. All right. See, <laughs> that's... I mean, because... I mean, I remember season three. And I remember looking yeah. at the Nielsen ratings. And I remember people being like, well, I don't think it's coming back on. And then when it came back on, they're like, you guys are getting 22 more episodes. And then that's it. And we're only giving you those because we know that we can sell oh. the DVDs. You know? No doubt. No. I, oh, absolutely. That's what happened. I, I don't think that anyone who was watching Enterprise at the time, who was really following what was going on, had any illusions about what was happening. It was really clear that the reason there's a fourth season was to try to get, and they didn't get to 100 because Scott Bakula, I think rightfully so, wanted the season to be shorter. Yeah. They only got to 98, but because it's Star Trek, that was close enough sure. to the hundred, the magic 100 mark. That's the only reason it came back. There's no doubt about that. And, and all through the fourth season, everyone knew it wasn't coming back. That's why the fourth season is overly crammed with TOS elements as a, as a prequel season of the series leading in. I, I have a feeling the writers would have wanted to spread that out a little bit more. Yeah, but there's they this had more time. I, I mean, I agree that they probably would want to spread that out more but to me that is sort of like key to to why season four is so great and and this that ties into what we're talking about this week which mm -hmm. is like season four they were just like okay we know this is the end so screw it we're just gonna do whatever the hell we want you know we're gonna yeah. throw in everything because why wait there's nothing to hold back on right yeah and and it ended up being amazing you know and putting shatner in there it's just like, why not? Who cares? <laughs> you know? Right. Shatner wants to come so, on the show. Let's bring him on. He can do whatever he wants. He can just sit there and like sing, you know? That'd be awesome. I'd watch Just that. have Shatner sit there on the bridge. I, are you going to tell me that wouldn't there. be the best episode of he's Star He's over Trek in the corner. <laughs> oh my God. I don't God. know. <laughs> but, okay, so transition point here with Shatner. So let's get back onto the Shatner topic. With season four, we have In a Mirror Darkly, a two-part Mirror Universe episode. That's the Mirror Universe that ended up being made. But prior to that, Judith and Garfield Reef Stevens had an idea for a two-parter set in the Mirror Universe that would have brought William Shatner onto the show as James Tiberius Kirk, Tiberius the Mirror Universe Kirk. Yes, that was a what cool idea. What do you idea. think about that idea? I, I like it. You know, I, th I think the uh, um, the the sort of magic element that they were going to use in order to justify his existence and his age was that 
the uh, device which is in his quarters, which is used to um, kill people, right? The disintegrator doesn't mm-hmm. actually disintegrate them, but it ships them off to a penal colony in an alternate timeline or something like that in the past. And that happens to be in the prime universe on like an asteroid or something, right? Mm-hmm. So Kirk ends up back there and he's stuck on this this place until um, the NX-01 stumbles across it and says, you know, hey, look, there's some guys over there. And then he gets on board the ship and hijinks ensue. That's cool. That's fine. You know, it's as good as any other explanation. Yeah, it, it makes some sense, especially the part about it being you're time shifting the person and you're crossing over into the prime universe relates a bit to what they actually did within a mirror darkly, where we find out that what happened to the defiant from the original series, when we thought it was lost, it actually passed through to this mirror universe. And that's what we see the NX-01 crew, the ISS enterprise NX-01 finding that ship there. So they did retain sort of that, time travel slash universe crossing element to the story. Yeah. It would make sense. I think of, of all the ideas that I've heard for bringing Kirk over, this is the one that I could probably buy into, especially at the time in, in 2004, if they had shown me this episode on TV I probably would have said, well, that's a really cool story because I'm not a big fan of In a Mirror Darkly and Enterprise fans are always surprised and I don't like the fact that people in media always put that as the number one best episode ever of Enterprise because it's so different from the rest of the series. But I think that maybe having Shatner in there as Kirk, as Tiberius, would have given the sort of the anchor to that story that I think is missing and so instead of it feeling like just a rambling romp in the Mirror Universe, which is what In a Mirror Darkly feels like to me, it would actually feel like a, an actual story that you could really follow what the plot of the story is. I guess that's possible. And um, I, I can kind of see that in a sense. But at the same time, um, I love In a Mirror Darkly, and I do think that it's the best episode of Enterprise. <laughs> and um, I really love seeing that mirror universe, whereas if uh-huh. uh, the idea that they went with was the one that that was uh, that involved Shatner, it sounds like there really wouldn't be much going on inside the mirror universe in that episode. It would be more that's true mirror universe characters yeah. in, in the prime universe that's and true. the things that i love about that episode are seeing all of those characters in the mirror universe now if i mean since they're obviously and i mean i, I think that you're right that the idea of taking the defiant and you know throwing it into the mirror universe and time shifting and everything was a holdover from this other concept. I mean, certainly that type of thing happens all the time in, in the writer's room. Um, if the Gorn being in this two-parter was a holdover into the Shatner episode and you could have mm. a scene where Mirror Shatner is fighting a Gorn, 
then, I mean, I just don't know what I would do, but that would be the best thing ever, right? That would be better than Shatner singing. I would love it as long as the Gorn looked like the Gorn from Arena and not the baby Godzilla that we see on Enterprise. I mean, all, all Gorn is good Gorn. I don't, I don't discriminate <laughs> when it comes to Gorn. I'll take what I can get. At least you don't discriminate to their faces, right? No. So, yeah, that's a good point that most of this would take place in the Prime Universe, but I still think it would be, it could be an interesting story. So Tiberius and Archer work together to figure out where the division point is between these two universes so that Tiberius can get back. But then the, the, the catch to it is that the the action that they're taking is sort of a causality thing Tiberius has been sent back in time and to the other universe, to this penal colony. But by working together with Archer to find out how to get back, they actually together are responsible for the creation of the mirror universe in the first place. Does that make sense to you if he was sent back to the other universe in the first place? You know, I can't. Off, you know, I can't put it all together right now. I'm I'm gonna have to run that one by Max, I think. Okay, and see see oh, okay. what he says. You know, this um, this is what we need. We need a warp five <laughs> supplemental, which is Max explaining how this would or wouldn't work. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll ask him. You know what? <laughs> our show off topic, which we do on our own website, uh-huh. we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. I'm gonna ask him that on on this week's show. So hop on okay. over to commentarytrackstars.com and find out whether or okay. not it would logically work. Great, great. And for those listening who don't know who Max is, Max Hegel is Mike's co-host on Commentary Trek Stars. And commentary track stars off topic. Yes, yes, he is, and he's a, he's a very big stickler when it comes to time travel. I, I want to hear. I want to hear what he has to say about it. So, so that was the mirror universe idea of bringing Shatner over. Another idea. This one comes from Mike Sussman, was to have crewman Daniels transport Kirk. They would he would bring into the future James T. Kirk to preserve the timeline by successfully posing as Kirk during an important event in history, but he would be Chef. It's Chef Shatner. Yes, yes. So basically it's it's one of those uh, scenarios like, um, uh, there's a million of them and I can't think of any of them off the top of my head. Well, the first one that popped into my head because it's William Shatner is like the time on Third Rock from the Sun when it was revealed that the big giant head was actually William Shatner. That happens on that show? Yes. I need to watch that show. Oh my God. How come people don't tell me these things? You know? I need to see that now. <laughs> I mean, I knew that he was on that show, but I didn't know that he played William Shatner. Yeah. He, well, he. It, it, they're always John Lithgow. I can't. It's been a long time since I've seen the show, so I don't remember his character's name. But John Lithgow, he would always call the big giant head at the end, just the way that Robin Williams as Mork called Orson at the end of Mork and Mindy. Oh. But you never knew who the big giant head was, and, and it was revealed, revealed at the end that, that it was William okay. Shatner. William yeah. Shatner plays it. Yes. Yes. So sorry that. for spoiling that for you. Now that you haven't seen it. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, I mean, yeah, it, it would be something like, uh, well, oh, like like Dave, you know, the movie Dave. 
you know, where they they need like a, a um, someone to stand in for, you know, the that person is is not available, right? Mm-hmm. Or 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 Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's Twelve. There you go, Julia Roberts, where they have Julia Roberts character standing in as Julia Roberts in the movie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. but it would be a scenario like that. So he wouldn't actually be playing Captain Kirk. He'd be playing a guy playing Captain Kirk. He'd be playing That's what chef, it sounds like, right? Captain because Kirk. he would be posing as James T. Kirk right. during an important event in history. So Chef would be pretending to be Kirk. Yes. But played by William Shatner. Right. And when I I, I hadn't heard this this concept until uh, about an hour ago. And when I read it, I was like, oh, oh, that's just no, 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 no. (laughs) And then I thought about it for about five minutes. And I'm like, if they did this as a comedy, it would be amazing. Like, and, and the more that I think about it, the more that I think... They probably would. I mean, maybe they, they just came to this realization that, you know, over the past 15 years or so, William Shatner has become like one of the great comedic actors of our time. You know, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that he's a better comedian than he is a, a dramatic actor. And I think he's an awesome dramatic actor. So for Star Trek to be like, you know what, we're going to take advantage of William Shatner's skill set and bring him in and do a, a, a comedy episode, do a farce. I mean, that is that is an amazing idea. And I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd love to, to hear from, you know, Sussman and, and everyone else involved as to what, what the plan was. But if it was going to be a, a comedy episode, that would be great. I wonder if it could have been a case like with, since it would have to be a time travel story because Daniels is there and he's going to take him into the future, maybe it's some sort of big banquet related to the Federation. I, I don't know. Maybe they're making peace with the Klingons at last. There's some bridge between the original series films and the next generation time period where we see the Klingons and the Federation are friends at that point. And it's all going to fall apart unless Kirk is there. But but Kirk's already gone because he he was killed on the Enterprise B, and so Chef has to stand in for him because he just happens to look just like him. Yeah, and see, I think what what would be cool if they they did that was when he gets to the future and he's like, I need to stand in, and they're like, You don't need to do anything; you just need to stand there. But then something like they run out of gah or something like that, <laughs> and now Chef needs to use his skills as a chef to save the day, you know? And it's like, if, if he hadn't been there, you know, then, then it it would have, you know, led to war, you know, with the Klingons or Mm -hmm. something like that. But since he was able to use his culinary skills to save the day, war was averted. And if it's a comedy, I think at the end, he would have to be pushed into giving a toast at the banquet and, and pretending to be Kirk. And then we could see him kind of... It could be Shatner doing a parody of Kirk. That'd be pretty great. Trying Because Chef's trying to get it right, but he's not actually Kirk. So right. he's just going off of you know what he's been told about what Kirk was like. Yeah, because he doesn't even remember Kirk. It's not like someone from the next gen era like recalling the stories. Right. Daniels has just kind of prepped him a little bit before the trip, right? Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty awesome. 
I, I would definitely be into that. And then he accidentally shows him a clip from the undiscovered country to prepare him. And in the middle of the toast, he goes, let them die. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be bad. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. I, I think I might like that idea better than the uh, Mirror Universe one now. Well, there was one more story back in the day, and this was about Shatner pitching his own idea to appear on Enterprise. And you and I were talking about this before the show, and we're not completely clear on whether his idea was Judith and Garfield Reeve Stevens' idea of the Mirror Universe, or whether he had some other idea, because I understand his was also for a two-parter. He worked together with Judith and Garfield on all of what we call the Shatnerverse novels, Ashes of Eden, The Return, Avenger, Spectre, Dark Victory, and Preserver. So they worked together on a lot of storylines. So it wouldn't surprise me if they had actually kind of broken the story themselves, pitched the idea back around, and maybe Shatner was going to pitch it originally. I don't really know. I haven't been able to find the exact background on that. I've heard Rick Berman and Brandon Braga talk about this in the past and in a couple of places, but the details of what the actual story was about, I don't feel like they've ever really been clearly explained. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how much of that I, and, and part of me has, has sort of a, a problem believing that, especially if, if the uh, Reeve Stevens story was the one that was, you know, supposedly originated through Shatner. I mean, Shatner is an amazing storyteller, and I have no doubt that in in terms of his uh, um, ability to write a story, you know, that that he could do this. But at the same time, he really sort of goes out of his way to say, like, I don't remember anything about Star Trek. I have no idea what went on in that show. And for him to come up with some sort of elaborate, you know, uh, storyline based on, you know, an episode of the original series and how there's like an alternate version of his character and everything. I just don't, I don't think that he would have the Star Trek knowledge to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I feel like the mirror universe story, that was Judith and Garfield's story. And then Shatner was possibly pitching something a little bit different. Maybe, but at the same time, you'd think, especially if, well, I guess at that time they weren't on staff yet. Because he, he did say that he had the, the idea back in season three, but the, he didn't know whether or not they were going to be back on the air yet. Mm-hmm, so he wasn't right. pitching it yet. But I was just thinking, like, if you're gonna if he's going to go in and pitch a story to Enterprise, you'd think that he would talk to the Reeve Stevenses first, right? And get, the, get them to help him with it. Yeah, you would you would think so. I I went back and I dug up some old stuff here and there was an article from Trek Today on April 1st, 2004. So at first you would think, well, maybe it's an April Fool's joke. I think I, I may have actually thought that back at the time when it was first, the story was first breaking back in 2004. But the article is called Shatner Devises Enterprise Pitch. And there are some quotes there from him. He was talking to a show called eTalk Daily in Canada, and he told the host, Ben Mulroney, I've written a scenario that I could conceivably come back for a show or two. I haven't presented it to them yet because I don't know whether they're coming back. So you're learning for the first time that I have in my hip pocket 
a way of bringing the character back and making it logical in science fiction terms, which means it's totally illogical. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> which, which, which I think it describes the Shatnerverse books. <laughs> there you go. Yes. We'll have to ask Matthew, my co-host on Literary Treks, because he really enjoys the Shatnerverse books quite a bit. Does he? I read, they did a comic book adaptation of the first one, and I read that, and that's all I know about them. The, the general sentiment that I get from a lot of people on them is that Kirk is a little bit too much on the superhero side than what Same we're accustomed to. to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wait, is he comes back to life. Doesn't does the Borg get well, involved at some point? Yeah, this like he comes back to life thanks to some Borg technology, I believe, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, he was, and what I do remember from the conversations I've heard of Rick and Brandon talking about this is that the amount of money that Shatner wanted to come back was just insane. It was many, many, many times day rate, which is the most they were going to pay for. That's what they would normally pay for a guest coming on. Of course, it's William Shatner. William Shatner demands a lot of money to start with. William Shatner as Captain James T. Kirk really demands a lot of money, and I think rightfully so. Although Star Trek actors often, like when DeForest Kelly was on Encounter at Farpoint, I I can't remember if he waived the fees completely or he just took like union minimum scale. Yeah, yeah. But it was he like for scale. Yeah. I think it was scale. Like, I'll just do it because I want to do it for Star Trek. I don't really care. I want to get paid for it. So, but Shatner apparently, reportedly, was asking for insane amounts of money. And Rick Berman went to the studio and basically got laughed out of the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. I remember being sort of a running thing through that entire season, which is like, is Shatner going to come back? And everyone was sort of like, you know, both sides were like, yeah, we got a story. It's it's a mm-hmm. great story. We want him to come in. It's just a question of money right now. And they, it sounded like they were trying to work it out for like the entire season and they just couldn't do it. They just couldn't agree to terms uh, monetarily. So, Well, especially a network that has already decided that they're canceling this show in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about TOS season three and the the money that didn't i should say go into that you know that their budget was cut so much because that show was was on its way out and i think it was again i don't have figures in front of me what the budgets were for season four episodes of enterprise but knowing that the show is going to end the studio isn't going to want to throw some enormous amount of money at an episode or two like that yeah if he had come to them a year earlier he might have had a better shot at getting that money because they were trying to find ways to save it and trying and and you put William Shatner on Enterprise that's immediately going to bring in a ton of viewers who are mm-hmm. probably going to stick around for a while afterwards maybe see if it were in season 4 i think they would have stuck around because those viewers would come in and go wait a minute there are orions here there are andorians there are tellerites there's a three-part story that takes place on vulcan I'm staying for this. I guess that, yeah. I mean, to me, people who know what Tellarites are are going to be watching Enterprise regardless, right? I mean... Well, except that they were watching it early on and they were seeing like, 
this isn't really the TOS prequel that I thought it was. I'm going to stop watching. So then they come back in the fourth season and say, wow, this is what it's turned into. I didn't realize that it, they were doing this kind of stuff now. I'm going to stay from now on. I guess so. I mean, maybe that that's it. Or maybe it's just because the, the quality of, of the the storytelling got a lot better hmm. in, at that point in time. I mean, with me personally, you know, I basically started watching season one, lost interest, stopped watching, um, didn't watch any of season two until I started hearing about their plans for the Zindi arc. And then what I did was I, you know, started watching and basically watched the reruns that summer. So I saw most of season two leading up to season three. And that Zindi arc is really what hooked me and got me back mm-hmm. into the show. And then I watched it religiously from that point on. So It's really interesting because I hear other people who say the same thing that you said, that the Zindi arc is what really hooked them. And then a lot of other people say the Zindi arc is what killed Enterprise for them. Like they were not so sure about it. And then when they went on the Zindi arc, they just turned off the TV. So it, it really is... It's a mixed bag. I mean, you can't satisfy all the fans, for sure. I mean, I I liked the storytelling aspect of it. And by that, I mean, like, the way that they were telling stories in season Mm -hmm. three. And I thought they were kind of, like, catching up to what everyone else was doing. But I can Mm -hmm. also kind of see, you know, uh, what what a lot of people say, you know, is this sort of weird post-9-11 philosophy that Mm -hmm. season three took, which you know, could really turn off a lot of people and and is, you know, kind of the antithesis of what Star Trek is about in a lot of ways. Yeah, Yeah, I see that too. All right. Well, these are the stories that we know about of ways that William Shatner could have come aboard Enterprise. There's the mirror universe idea of Tiberius coming and working with Archer and ultimately together creating the mirror universe in the first place. There's Chef Shatner, where Chef would turn out to be posing as James T. Kirk because it would actually be William Shatner, not Jonathan Frakes, who is Chef. (laughs) And then there is Shatner's own concept, which may or may not be the Mirror Universe concept. We're not quite positive on that. But anyway, it was rejected because of financial demands, it seems to be the case. And I guess lastly, Mike, I don't really have any myself, but do you have any ideas of your own of how Shatner could come to Enterprise? I can't think of any off the top of my head, but, you know, I mean, if you can find a way to put William Shatner in your TV show, then you do that. I mean, that's just sort of like the rule, right? You know, I do have one idea. It just came to me right now as we're talking about this here at the end. At the time that Shatner was pitching this idea and they failed to get him onto Enterprise, he was also appearing on The Practice as Denny Crane, which of course he went on to be a lead character on the spinoff show, Boston Legal. Maybe it would take a little bit of time travel here still, but maybe in judgment, it would turn out that Denny Crane was the lawyer for Archer when he was taken prisoner and put on trial by the Klingons. I'd, I'd totally be into that, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like I said, I love it when they connect these continuities. I love the character of Denny Crane, and for him to be part of Star Trek would be amazing. 
<laughs> Amazing. Maybe they could do... Oh, no, they didn't have holodecks on Enterprise. Never mind. No, but the Zerillians did, so maybe they could borrow a Zerillian ship. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's the episode where Trip gets pregnant, and he goes oh. over to that ship, and they actually do have a holodeck there. I remember that episode. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> that is a nipple. All right, so there we go. Shatner on Enterprise, although he never really made it there. Be curious to know what you guys think about these ideas or if you have your own ideas about Shatner coming on Enterprise. So if you're listening, send us your ideas. We're on Twitter, Trek FM, Facebook. Come over to our listeners group called the Babel Conference on Facebook. It's a closed group, but you just go over there, click join. I'll let you into the group. You can go to Facebook and type the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L, into the search bar, or go to our website and click Discussion, and that'll take you right over there as well. But we would love to hear your thoughts on this. And Mike, tell everyone where they can find you if they want to hear more about William Shatner, because you are talking about that quite often. Yes, everything I do, I do with William Shatner. I uh, We do Standard Orbit, where we talk about William Shatner all the time, because he's Captain Kirk. Right. Uh, and then there's a uh, commentary Trek stars where we haven't talked about William Shatner yet, but we're going to. We really, really are. We've got some interesting ideas and they've been pushed back a million times. And, and you're uh, supposed to have me on when you talk about his music because right. I love the album Has Been. Has Been's amazing. Right. Transformed Man's amazing. I've got uh, an LP of Transformed Man hanging oh, on my you? wall. Oh, yeah. I bought it. The only thing I've ever bought from one of those uh, convention auction things. But, uh-huh. um, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you can find us find, on, on the network. You can find me here doing both of those shows, Standard Orbit with Drew and Commentary Trek Stars with Max. Awesome. Well, thanks again for dropping by today, Mike. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed hearing the ways that Shatner could have come to Enterprise today, and I'm sure you've probably heard these before, but it was nice to get Mike's impressions of them and what he thought about it, and gave me a few new ideas that I hadn't thought about before we hit record today, so I hope you enjoyed that. But it's not the only thing that we've been talking about here on the network this past week, so here's a quick look at some other things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. They, they look at the original series episodes and they see thematically what it is that works and they pick that in order to explore like a different side of it. Earl Grey. No, do you guys seriously no. not know why they have red and green lights? No. Not all of us have read Ships of the Line. Okay, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, is this a I'm Ship of the up... Line? I'm only in like chapter no, one. No, no. I'm talking about like real ships today. <laughs> have you been on a ship, Darren? The Orb. Them being adversarial, I, I don't think necessarily was the only way they could have gone. Um, it makes for a great story, but it just made me wonder, just an impossible universe, what would have happened? I think it's important, though, that she, as the religious leader, is not sold on the idea that this outsider is their emissary. To the journey! Endgame cannot make my list. <laughs> I, uh, I don't have as much hatred for Endgame as you or apparently everybody else does. Oh, I've, not that I'm bitter or anything, no. Warp 5. So I would argue in the case of what Paxton is doing here in firing a weapon at San Francisco, which luckily missed and went into the bay, and I don't know if I guess George and Gracie aren't there, right, in the 22nd century, so they're okay, but... The Ready Room. 
they could have really diverged with what we knew of Will and made Thomas's own unique character. I mean, he is, but like, if we can get multiple burial episodes, why, you know, why can't Thomas Riker have more than one episode? <laughs> Mission Log, a Ronberry Star Trek podcast. And he happens to figure it all out. Yeah, uh, that, that's enough to drive an audience. We know we need to get Will Wheaton on the show because I will defend Wesley in this episode against the guy who played Wesley. <laughs> okay. Commentary: Trek stars. There was an interview, I think, with with JJ, where they were talking to him, and he was saying that you know, oh my my dad was friends with Nicholas Meyer back in the day. I remember going to Meyer's house when I was a kid. And he saw he had a whole bunch of really cool things in his house, and I thought I would like to break some of these. Literary treks. But I do. Like I want to see cover. Spock with a perm. Oh gosh. Well, I think I've a, got a Photoshop yeah. project in my future with this cover right here. Melodic treks. It's like, oh, this wow. happened. Oh, oh, this is so good. <laughs> it was. No it was just that amazing. That's how she uh, reacts. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all of these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, a way that you can really help us out here at Warp 5 and on the network with all of our shows, really, is to click the subscribe button. If you go to iTunes in the desktop application or in the podcasts app on your iOS device and hit subscribe, that makes a big difference in how we place in search results and how easy it is for other Star Trek fans and other Enterprise fans to find Warp 5 as they're searching in the iTunes store because lifetime subscription numbers are one of the factors in search results. Two other factors involved in that are star ratings and written reviews. So while you're there, please take a moment and leave us a star rating and leave us a written review. I love to hear what you think about the show and that does help other fans find the show as well. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered everywhere else as well. We're available in Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud. You can go and stream from our webpage. You can grab the RSS feed as well. You'll find us on BlackBerry, a Windows phone. We try to get our shows out through every possible outlet. If you are streaming from the website and you haven't found a way to listen in a more convenient way on your mobile device... Send me a message and let me know what it is you're looking for, because I always want to make sure that everyone can get access to the shows however they need to. While we're talking about ways that you can help the network, another thing that you can do to help us keep the shows coming and also to become part of the team is to become a patron of the network by visiting patreon.com slash trekfm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash TrekFM. If you go to that page, you'll see the goals that we have currently, the things that we're going to use money for, as well as milestone contribution levels and the perks that we have in exchange for your support on those. Now, you can set any amount that you want. It could be a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, seventeen dollars. whatever it is that you want to contribute. But those milestone levels are what mark off the different perks that you receive. And we've got a lot of interesting perks there for you. You can become part of the team that develops content for the network by pulling up a chair inside our project management system, which is called Basecamp, and work with the other hosts from all around the network to develop content for our various shows. And also, you can get associate producer credits. In fact, Norman C. Lau is an associate producer here on Warp 5 now, and I'm really glad to have Norm here on the show working with us. He's helping us develop content for the network as well. You can find Norm, if you'd like, on Twitter. 
Twitter. His username is Norman Lau, N-O-R-M-A-N-L-A-O. And he's also on Facebook. And he said if anyone wants to contact him there, you can do that as well. And you too can become an associate producer and help us develop the show here by going to patreon.com. The Babel Conference, which I just mentioned here, is a replacement for the forums that we used to have on our website. It's a closed Facebook group, but it's open to all of our listeners. So if you want to head over there and click the join button, I'll let you right in and you can join into the very vibrant conversation that has has taken place over there. I've been surprised actually how quickly the activity has ramped up. You know, forums on the website were not the easiest thing to develop because people aren't on your website all the time. But everyone is on Facebook and everyone is in the Babel Conference and we're having great conversations there. The way you get there is to type the Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search bar on Facebook or go to our website and click discussion up on the menu bar and that'll take you right over there. Again, just click join. I'll let you in. When I'm awake, I usually have it open, so I'll let you write in. If it takes me six or eight hours, just remember that I'm in Japan. My days are reversed from everyone listening over in the U.S. and not quite reversed, but heavily shifted from those of you in Europe. So I might just be asleep at the time, and I'll let you in when I wake up. So beyond Facebook, if you want to contact us and share your thoughts on Shatner on Enterprise, you can find us on Twitter. Our username is TrekFM. You can also go to our website and use the contact form at trek.fm slash contact and choose to send to a show and choose Warp 5 and that'll come directly to me by email. You can also send us a voicemail if you go to speakpipe.com. That's the word speak and the word pipe dot com slash trekfm. You can record using your web camera or your smartphone or your tablet, and you can upload that to me as an MP3 file right there from the page. And if you'd like to find me, I'm also on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones, letter C and Brian with a Y. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash C Brian Jones, and I'm hanging out in the Babel Conference all the time. So I'd be happy to talk to you over there too. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on other parts of the Star Trek universe besides Enterprise, you can find me on a lot of different shows here on the network. I do Literary Treks, The Orb, Continuing Mission, Matter Stream, Hyper Channel, The Ready Room, and I co-host the official podcast of Star Trek Axanar with Axanar creator and executive producer Alec Peters. So check out all of those shows if you want to hear more from me. Lastly, today, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today's show, one of my favorite services ever. That's audible.com. They are the best source for audiobooks that you're going to find anywhere. And as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice just for trying Audible. The way you do that is to go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up. Choose whatever book you like absolutely free. If at the end of the trial you decide not to stick with Audible, there's nothing to lose because you'll get to keep that audiobook. But you're going to love Audible. I know if you love podcasts, you're going to love Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash TrekFM is the URL. And when you support Audible, it really helps us bring the show to you every week. And we thank Audible for their support of Warp 5 and the network. Well, thanks again to Mike for dropping by today. And thank you everyone for listening. Join me again next time here in the Decon Chamber for another episode of Warp 5.